Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo, back again with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be talking with individuals from around the soccer world, learning about their stories and getting their unfiltered thoughts and opinions. This week, we're joined by a very special guest, footballer, gamer, sneakerhead, Jorian Bauckham. Getting to know Jorian, talking about her playing career, and learning about some of her off-pitch endeavors is what we're going to be talking about today. Hope you guys have enjoyed your holiday season, uh, but let's get right into it. Jorian, welcome. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks. What's up, y'all? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, first and foremost, uh, congrats on a great season. Hope the offseason is treating you well. Uh, we start off everything <laughs> with two truths and a cap. So, obviously, <laughs> L gave you a heads up, but uh, let's get right into it. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, just a, just a quick rundown for those who aren't familiar. Um I'll be asking Jor. Well, Jorian will give us three facts about herself. Two will be true. One will be a lie. And Amobi and I have to guess what that lie is. So, with me being up, I'm feeling comfortable right now about you know about my chances. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, Jorian. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Well, this one. Okay. So I'm gonna start with my first ever sports jersey that I received as a kid was Cristiano Ronaldo. I am artistic. I can paint. I can draw. I can do it all. And I'm a gamer. Favorite. <laughs> Favorite video. <laughs> I know y'all got me. Okay, so maybe like a truth and a cap. <laughs> okay, we'll give you time if you want to add one more. It's all good. Hmm. I have two dogs okay oh what you thinking l mm. <clears throat> gamer sneakerhead i still feel like you have to have like an eye I feel for like that. the last one so i think the- it's still a cat because it took her a little minute to like she had to think about how many dogs she said she wanted to say that she had so um and i know that the gaming thing is going to be the cat for no, that's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. Um, the way she was explaining, like, I can do it all. Like, you know, I think that's for sure true. She's a gamer and a sneakerhead. So you got to have like that eye for it. So. But first Jersey, Cristiano. I'm going to go with Cristiano. Uh, I'm going to just shoot it up. Sneaker, we'll gamer head, some FIFA. The first jersey, you probably think it would be like, you know, like uh, two dogs. I mean, nah, I'm going with the dog. Dogs is cap. All right. Cap on the dogs and cap on the jersey. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It was the jersey. <laughs> I had to play y'all a little bit. Think, <laughs> think kind of uh, hard on the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get into it, but I have a feeling that she may play other sports. So I'm just uh-huh. guessing, but we're gonna get into it right now. <clears throat> All right, cool. So uh now I lost again, but we'll okay. we'll, we'll make it up. Uh, <laughs> what so first question we ask like most of our guests or all of our guests is when did you fall in love with soccer? <sighs> uh well I started playing since I was four. And, you know, obviously played other sports and I would honestly say around that young age, because that was the sport that 
I most enjoyed playing. I was probably better at than the other sports and being an only child, you know, I kind of dipped into everything and I would say, yeah, literally four years old, couldn't stop, loved it since. Okay. And then can you talk a little bit about your origin story, like where you're from and how it kind of played a role in, you know, the sports you played growing up and like growing up, you know, with, with soccer as one of the main sports you play? Yeah. So from Scottsdale, Arizona, like I said, only child, parents wanted me to stay active, get involved in any sport possible. And, uh, you know, obviously being a female soccer player and at that, like a black female soccer player, I grew up in a predominant, predominantly white neighborhood school, did all that up until college when I went to LSU basically when I started seeing diversity and culture. Um, so being one of the only black soccer players growing up on my high school team, club teams, they're, you know, a select amount of us. And it was definitely hard. Uh, I would say it was definitely hard growing up and people around you, not necessarily understanding like why certain things happen to us. And, you know, got called the n-word my first time in grape and like elementary school and you know my white teammates didn't understand but they knew it was super hurtful and you know you got to have tough skin early growing up and I definitely think that helps you on and off the field as well and you know you're tough to stay strong yeah. not let that shit affect you and but, you know, even in 20, almost 2022, racism is still very alive these days. And, uh, you know, soccer is kind of my go-to to escape from that. And obviously you can't necessarily escape from certain experiences and stuff that you go through that are bad. But having a ball at my feet, being surrounded by my teammates, people that love and support you as well. Uh, definitely, I would say soccer is my anchor, my go-to keep me level. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. that's what it's all about. So real quick, you know, if you were to change, you know, anything to like grow the woman's game from a, uh, you know, black female perspective, what would that look like? You know, as you've dealt with some certain ex experiences in your life, you know, as we grow the game, how can we get, you know, more black women involved at a, at a younger age so that you're not the only one on your team or when you go to tournaments, it's not like, wow, I'm just here all by myself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it starts, you know, with your role models growing up and like, like me speaking out right now and showing young black girls that if they do want to play soccer, that they can do it. And, you know, growing up, I had Crystal Dunn, Sydney LaRue. And now that we're starting to have more black female players to look up to, I think it's super important that we continue to have our voice. And I think the more, you know, young girls see people like us on TV and out in the media that, you know, they can mimic that and know that it's attainable to do so. And I definitely think the women's game is growing, of course. And personally for me, during my time with racing Louisville, I would like take the time to talk to like academy players. And there's a young black girl that I mean, I even look up to her. She's like phenomenal at her age. She's doing stuff that I don't even think I could have done at her age. And, you know, just providing that support and voice for them and being a role model for them that it 
is possible to do so. And I think there are, are more black soccer players coming into the game and it's really awesome to see male and female. No, most definitely. And shout out to you for doing that because I know, and shout out to Sydney too, because I had a family friend who had a daughter and she was talking to me about soccer. And I mentioned like, oh yeah, I went to school with Sydney LaRue. And she like, <laughs> immediately she like shifted. And I was like, oh, you like, that's your... and I called up Sydney, like, yo, I need you to do me a favor. Just talk to this girl for like five minutes. And no literally way. her whole, like, she like immediately ran out the door, started juggling. Um, so you guys really do make a difference. Yeah. Well, Can she you talk about, from, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, cause she is from Arizona. So we played for the same club team and I kind of looked up to her as like a mentor as well. And try mm-hmm. to like literally mimic my game after her. And she was just my inspiration literally since like day one of club soccer and then playing against her now, like on Orlando is just, it's so crazy. We catch up and she's like, yeah, I talk to you when you're this big. And now we're like both pros going at each other. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. So so talk about your experience, you know, when you went to college and you were like, oh, wow, I see black people. (laughs) No, for real. I I, I was trying to make a joke. I didn't know it was like that. I mean, seriously. Louisiana (laughs) is a major, major culture shift, so. Definitely interested in hearing about that. Yeah, because I mean, my high school, we had maybe like, I could count on one hand how many black people graduated from my high school class, you know? And then going mm-hmm. to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you're like, okay, <laughs> we got some color, we got some diversity. And I loved it out there. And I mean, of course, like, you know, I got to experience the red bone, yellow bone, nickname, stuff like that. That's true. <laughs> um, I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah. Right. Cause it's like, you know, I'm pretty light, you know, but going there and, you know, experiencing that, I actually think that's what helped me, you know, grow and understand like our culture more. And obviously like, mm-hmm. so I have a black mom, white dad, grew up raised by my mom's side of the family. So I was taught to be an independent black woman my whole life. And, you know, being taught that and not being surrounded by like people of your color, you know, was tough and you always had to adjust to the environment around you. So, you know, I always had the straight hair, made sure, you know, I looked presentable going to school. And it's like, now when I got to LSU, people were like, girl, embrace your curls. We love that Afro. And it's like, it just took me maybe two, three years to actually embrace like my Mm -hmm. hair naturally. And, you know, it's a journey (laughs) to, you know, loving yourself, but we are here. Yeah. I have a quick question about that. Um, Mm -hmm. You mentioned how important, especially especially growing up around black women um, and how important it is how important it was for you to kind of experience that diversity. Um, did you ever think about attending like HBCU while you were, um, you know, scouting out colleges? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, it did come to like a soccer standpoint mm-hmm. and I could tell at the time, like LSU was wanting to really grow their program, like soccer wise. Cause obviously people are like LSU football, basketball, And at the time, like for my class, soccer seemed like it was about to, you know, blow up and I wanted to help build a program with that. And so I thought that was kind of like the perfect, you know, spot to be at at the time. But I mean, yeah, I was definitely considering that as well. I think that would have been awesome too. Yeah. 
So when it came down to your decision, how much of it was, you know, that that factor of, you know, people um, that look like you, obviously the program, they're in a rebuilding phase and, you know, they put a lot of emphasis on growing the program. Uh, or was it like your official visit there and you were like, oh, I could see myself here, like based off this short time of visiting? Um, I would definitely say both people still like are stuck to this day because my final two decisions were between LSU, of course, and UNC Chapel Hill, which I think is everyone's like childhood dream school. And it was mine as well at the time. And, you know, once you're actually in that environment and you do the visits and you fill out the vibes, I just, you know, it was crazy for me to be like, damn, like, maybe UNC just really isn't it for me. And, you know, all the uh, stars come out of there and it's a great program, obviously. And it was something with LSU and their belief in me as like a player and a person, which I found very important at the time because they didn't look at me as just solely a soccer player, Mm -hmm. um, which I found (laughs) extremely important at the time. And I could tell like the culture they were wanting to bring the foundation they wanted to start and making them like a high contender in the SEC. And now they just won the SEC title like a couple years ago. So, you know, they're on the map now and I definitely like do not regret my decision whatsoever. I loved it there. Nice. Yeah. nice. Uh, so obviously getting into soccer, you play as a forward uh, growing mm-hmm. up. Did you always play forward? Like, were you always up top or how did, um, what's your oh, favorite yeah. position? Midfield, play? not a chance. That's too much running. Like <laughs> as a kid, I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I like okay. to score the goals. Um, you know, at times one tournament I did jump in goal because I like to, you know, I'm a little quick. So for PKs and stuff, I did okay. go in goal one time. So I'm going to put that on my resume. Kind of forgot okay. about that. All right. You so know, qu- mainly forward. Question. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, how much of it was, um, obviously you're very talented. Do you, were, were they ever just like, oh, okay, you know, you're fast, you're strong. We're just going to kick it up and join and do all the work. And how much, how much of it was, well, actually, no, she's not just all these things, but she also technical, she can dribble, she can hold the ball up and involve her teammates. How much of it was that? Uh, again, a little bit of both. I think growing up, like initially, that was kind of like the game plan. I did play a few years up for my age. And I think that's another, you know, like stereotype black women soccer players have, like mm-hmm. we're strong, we're fast, we're athletic. But up until pace and power, exactly. <laughs> and up until one of the clubs I was at, they emphasized strongly on like technical skill work, tactical piece. So I think that's super important to show as well. I know Crystal Dunn has touched on that a bunch of times as well, like viewing us more than just a strong athletic player on the field. Yeah. And I would say majority of the time in club and like high school and growing up, I could get away with that. And it's like, there comes a certain point where other people get just as tall, just as stronger. So you do have to rely Mm -hmm. on the technical piece. And, um, I would say my club, I was luckily like fortunate enough to be on a club that did work on skill work with me and both my feet and stuff like that. So that was never really like an issue solely relying on athleticism. Okay. But do you, do you ever worry about like, cause one of the family of the show, we had Samantha on Samantha Johnson. She has a conspiracy theory that, you know, uh, black soccer players, black women, soccer players 
always end up farther and farther away from the goal, usually right back, left back, away from, you know, as a forward, you're probably one of the star players. Do you ever feel like um, that may happen to you, even though you're very good at your position and what you do? Um, I actually never have had a come across like an issue as far as changing my position. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think what is cool in these days is that they, it's very rare now to find like a true post up number nine position. So I think when teams and coaches see that, they do capitalize on that because there's definitely like, I would say more so false nines in the league. And like, it's hardly that you see someone able to be strong and post up as well as being able to like turn, play off your midfield, use both feet. And the only time I would ever consider changing positions is if like, obviously I absolutely had to, I think I would be a solid center back. So okay. I've been told. Hey, don't, don't say that too much. They might. might. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Relax, might, guys. Yeah. I still want to play forward. Okay. But, I mean, I think I could be solid at the center. You know, can't rough up people too bad since you know you're in the box. But yeah. So yeah, talk, about, talk about some players that you grew up like idolizing. You know, <laughs> Cristiano. That was your first jersey. You talked about Sydney Larue. But who are some players like? Oh, I need to model my game after her or him. And that's who I'm trying to like emulate. Um, well, Ronaldo was my cap, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you said the dogs was the cap. Mm-hmm. So I got it right. No, I got it right. No, you said the dogs. The dogs with the, the jersey. I do have two dogs. So you got it wrong. No, I got it right. Oh, oh I'm tripping. <laughs> wow. Okay. Damn. Um, yeah. That was cap, but I do. He's still one of my favorite players. I'm okay. Team Ronaldo over Messi. Sorry, I feel like that's a very unpopular opinion. But all right, let's um, go. Uh, El, can we end this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> like I said. <laughs> um, so growing up, actually, um, that kind of ties in to my cap. Of course, I watched soccer growing up, but as far as like a role model, Kobe Bryant was actually my first jersey ever. And he was my number one role model across the board. Didn't matter the sport. And obviously growing up and growing to love him more as a person and athlete, obviously he was strongly invested in women's soccer as well. Supported it. He played in Italy and he actually does talk about soccer being his favorite sport. I think Mm -hmm. which most people, I don't know. They're not a fan. Don't realize that. So um, I took my, mentality and mindset and work ethic after him but as far as like a pure soccer style growing up um I would say I liked Ibra I know you know his ego people get you know I just I love it yeah you kind of have to have I'm like dang if I could have his confidence like that on the field I'd be solid doing the archetype you know here. Yeah. <laughs> right. like Arsenal in France. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, who else? I mean, as of right now, Salah, he's my dude. He is okay. probably my favorite player right now to watch. He, I think, not that he's underrated because obviously people know him in Liverpool, but he just yeah. does things that I'm like, wow, if I could 
only dream of doing that. So, you know, he does his thing on the field, like to watch him, you know, variety. And then of course, um, Carly, Sid and Tobin Heath were some of my female role models on the field growing up and Crystal as well. Okay. You you talked about Mm -hmm. Ibra. I really want to ask Mm -hmm. you this question. Uh, You trash talk, like you trash talk on the field a little bit? Only if they start it. I'm not going to start it, but I'm going to finish it. You know, like, uh, yeah. Who who are some of the best trash talkers in the NWSL? (laughs) I I think people are asleep. Like uh, women soccer players, y'all be talking trash too. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, there wasn't like too much trash talking, I would say, aside from... I don't know, you know, Ashlyn Harris gets pretty hyped and tries to get in people's faces. Okay. And, uh, Interesting. But, okay. You know, I, I don't really have a say. I didn't really get to, you know, experience that yet. Okay. And then, you know, after you turn pro, you know, it's like a welcoming to, you know, the pro environment. Who would you say was like, like, welcomed you to the league? Like, you know, kind of let you know it. it it's, you're here now. Like, so, uh, for example, um, the Knuckleheads podcast, Q and um, Darius Miles, they always ask every athlete on the show, like, who was the first athlete to, like, bust your ass, you know? Like, make you, like, damn, I didn't know it was like that. So who was that for you in the sense of, like, they tackled you, they fouled you, they, like, you know, cheap shot you, hit you, or, like, let you know, like, it's going to be hard to, score on me type situation um i'm not you know again i think mine is more so like on the other spectrum i was more so the aggressive one okay. <laughs> bodying and fouling this people is even, this so, is even better than <laughs> I, I like this so who was like I, who was, I would say the refs, honestly. Because some of the time I'm like, y'all are out here calling fouls that have no business being a foul just because I use my body and you uh-huh. know, like shield them off. It's not always a foul. And okay. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, it, I'm I'm so glad you I said will that. say some of my fouls were calls, but I'm, I more so see myself as the aggressor. I the love field. that. I'm so glad you said that. I got a question now. So Oh man. So because I, you're the aggressor. Who would you? I don't, don't mm-hmm. want to get you in trouble, but who would you say oh, you Lord. had the easiest time working in the league so far? Like, <laughs> nah, you when you come to center backs, yeah, like, oh, yourself as a community, they go. Like, <sighs> no, I might have to keep <laughs> sit on yeah. that one. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I, like I don't want to get you in trouble. I I, I can say this though, since this technically isn't like an NWSL team um, this year. We obviously hosted um, the Women's Cup. Mm-hmm. So we had Chicago, Bayern, um, and PSG. And then us, of course. And we played Bayern in the finals. And one of my goals in that game was bodying Bayern center back. Yeah, it was basically um, a breakaway to goal. And her and I were essentially like racing for the ball. And you know, she tried tugging me, tried pulling me down. And I just did a quick, you know, like Derrick Henry, like, and, you know, she flew to the ground, you know, ate some grass. And then, you know, just me one-on-one with the goalie and just slotted it, hopped over her and, you know, had my little celebration. 
it was lit. I can't even lie. That was probably one of my favorite highlights of the season for sure. Dope, dope. Yeah, we got to go find that highlight. Splice that yeah, into the show real quick. Have that, have that, have that clipped <laughs> up. I put it in the background how she was like, yeah, this, this one, she had a amazing track record, but she still, she, she was eating grass. Hey, that's my athleticism came into play. Oh. <laughs> so you've played, you know, in Europe and in the States. What was your biggest mm-hmm. adjustment you know, returning, returning stateside from a standpoint of, you know, soccer, professional life, everything? Uh, I would say for the soccer piece, obviously in Europe, they're more like technical try to strictly play soccer only and coming to the NWSL, you kind of get both and more so the like athleticism, physicality, which I think most people from Europe don't understand until they actually, you know, get here in the States. And then culturally, I mean, I was in the Czech Republic um, and that was a completely opposite experience than what I had in Germany. I was playing in Germany last year in the Bundesliga and I actually loved it there. Culture was great. Soccer piece, like playing with the team was cool as well. And Prague, when I was in the Czech Republic, this was my first year pro. Um, And, you know, it was a beautiful city. Everything was great there. But the soccer piece is kind of where it got a little different (laughs) culturally. Um, But, you know, overall, I encourage, like, most people at least one season, year in their lifetime to play overseas just because you're never going to experience something like that. And when you are overseas, you get to, like, travel to so many other cities, experience different things. And I thought that was probably one of my favorite things about there because it's like, oh, the city's a 30 minute train ride or like a 45 minute flight. You know what I mean? And like, I didn't necessarily get to experience it as much in Germany because COVID literally just hit there like a couple weeks after I moved there. Mm. But I mean, it was cool. I would definitely consider it again in the future, but I'm glad I did that. was able to check that off my soccer career list, you know? So that's amazing. So competition wise, you know, having played in Europe as well as NWSL, would you say the NWSL is still <laughs> probably like the best league, best women's league in the world at the moment, or are the other European leagues starting to catch up? That's tough. I mean, I would still say, and a lot of people obviously wish to come to the States and play in the NWSL, which is why it kind of, you know, says it's for, says it for itself about being one of the best leagues in the world. Um, but I definitely think, you know, the top teams that make it to like champions league, like quarters and semifinals, like are teams that could come here and easily compete. Like no question. So like, what makes it appealing, you know, to play in Europe outside of, you know, you know, being able to travel to other States. Um, I know some of y'all been getting the bag out there, going to England, going to France. Um, mm-hmm. but what are some other reasons, you know, that you would say for a young uh, soccer player to go? explore I think just development and growing your confidence I know um during like Prague and Germany like the mental piece is a really big part in any sport and you know like during those times I was definitely doubting myself as like a player and thinking I wasn't as good anymore because you know I couldn't 
you know, make a team in the NWSL at the time and playing overseas was kind of my way to just like get my mental score some goals, enjoy myself, enjoy, you know, the country that I was in. So I would say for me personally, it was definitely a good confidence booster and understanding that I do still belong like playing soccer and being a pro. No, that's what it's all about. So uh, obviously you ended up you know, back, back in the NWSL eventually last season, you played at Louisville. Um, talk about your experience with the team. Uh, what's it like playing at Lynn family stadium, the facilities. And I know we're going to get into some other stuff as well, but um, talk about that. Oof, uh, okay. Where do I start? Um, so as most know, the league this year was a shit show to say the absolute least. And, and you're being nice saying it that way. Exactly. Okay. And, you know, being at Louisville, I think most people just saw what it portrayed online and not necessarily understanding what certain players experienced during their time there. And I mean, the one thing I will say that I'm extremely grateful for playing there was the team. Um, without my teammates, I genuinely was to my breaking point of quitting soccer to again, say the least. And of course, everyone's experience there was different, but my journey and my time of being there was extremely hard, um, mentally and emotionally. I was told some pretty terrible things. I was treated completely different at times. Um, they were really trying my fucking mental there. Uh, so, you know, I just tell people that just because one player is having like the time of their life or enjoying their time at that club is not the case across the board. And of course we had, uh, our head coach, our former head coach, like fired mid season. Um, and a lot of the things I did not agree with at all, as far as like interactions, behavior, coaching, communication, it was awful. And, you know, I started as a trial player there. So my time since day one was truly a testament of how long I could last until I reached that breaking point. Um, you know, this is kind of the first time I've genuinely talked remotely about anything. Uh, Whatever you feel comfortable with, it's no, no pressure. Oh yeah, of course. But it's just at times it's like, wow, do I even belong on a soccer field? Um, do I even, they took away my confidence, my self-worth. They made me question myself if I even really should be stepping on a soccer field. And I never thought I would hear myself saying that because again, you know, I love soccer. Of course, like I think anyone that plays women's soccer, we can't say that we do it for the money. So it's definitely like a huge passion. And just to hear myself question if I even wanted to play or step on a field anymore was like, wow, I really 
like need to step back and try to fix my mental and my confidence piece. Um, and you know, there are times where I'd be a hundred percent healthy and we go out to training and, you know, I would be a part of a couple passing patterns and then it's Jay, you're out on the side. So I just literally be on the sideline watching my team train and just not train, not develop. Um, wow. It was yeah. tough and it happened. Obviously this is like my story. So I can't speak for other players, but at times like myself and another player, once we did try to be like, Hey, can we get into this drill? Like, are we going to, you know, train anymore today at all? And, you know, we would get told to go on to the other side of the field and we would be doing like a, <clears throat> like a square eight V or eight by eight passing pattern with the goalies. And we would just be passing it in the square the whole time while the teams on the other side of the field, like playing and shooting and doing their thing. Yeah. And so that lasted for a good period, like of the season. And then our interim came in and things were starting to turn around and get better. You know, I was trying to, but at that point, my confidence was shot and it was more so just, you know, having to build that back up and be comfortable even playing soccer again, as crazy as that sounds. And, you know, it, it was definitely a learning year. And like I said, with the teammates that I had, um, we all had each other's backs no matter what. And that's something like I wouldn't trade for anything. And I do appreciate, you know, that part of the experience. So. And, but you know, it's nice. I got my couple goals, tried to do as much as I could when I. I AirPods keep cutting out. Well, first and foremost, uh, I just want to say thank you for sharing and always know this is an open and safe space. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really crazy, like, hearing you say that. It sounds so much like Kaya's story. Yeah. yeah. It sounds a lot like Kaya's story. It sounds like <clears throat> a lot of stories that people hear about, but they're not there. So, you, like, you only hear word of mouth. You only imagine. But when you, like, actually go through mm -hmm. it, um, I've, I've been in a similar situation, not to the standpoint of what you're going through, but situation where they try to frustrate you, get you to quit, get you to do something out of your character yeah. and try to make you the scapegoat. Nah, it, it's not, it's not called for. So you talked about your support system, mm -hmm. but what are some things that you did to like, you mentioned you almost quit, but obviously you're in a, you're in a, you're in a good space now. What are some things that you did to kind of, I don't want to say get out that slump because you were never in a slump. It was kind of a forced situation they try to put you in. Um, but what are some things that you like to help you have that self-support, self-love, um, get your confidence back? Uh, it's, you know, it's still working progress, like to this very, you know, second, uh, I would say at the end of the day, you know, coaches, trainers, whoever, everyone's going to have like an opinion. Everyone's, there's going to be people that are going to say terrible shit to you and, like I said, that happened to me, a conversation that an assistant coach had with me this past season, um, try to tear me down. It's like, at the end of the day, I'm going to respect every coach that I play for, but it's like, 
what does his opinion matter to me? I mean, at the time, like, it's hard to process that, but it's like, how is he going to tell me like my self-worth as a player? Um, like my character, who I am as a person. And I think it's just, you know, having talks with yourself, talking with other people instead of like keeping it into yourself and constantly doubting yourself. It's, you know, being vulnerable and like explaining to people like that you are going through it and like, it's okay to not be okay. And I think between friends, family, outside resources, uh, just to kind of like justify and like get your head back straight, like, Hey, <laughs> most people can't even make it here. So the fact that you're even here, like signed onto a team is like most people's dream and you just got to stay positive. And it's again, easier said than done, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would honestly say friends and family is what kept me together this year for sure. And you know, again, admitting that it's okay not to be okay. I can't emphasize that enough because I think most people don't understand like how important the mental piece can really affect like your gameplay as well. But that's more than half the battle. Dead, I, for yeah. Um, woo, but yeah, it, you know, again, I think it, you know, motivates me, helps me understand that I do belong here and, you know, was it the best fit? Probably not. And, you know, you learn from that and you hopefully like take that into your next, like wherever team I end up at or whatever environment I might be in. And I just tell myself, as long as I'm giving my all every practice or every time I step on the field, like I know I did my piece and, you know, just have to be okay with that. No, I love that. You know, you touched on a number of great things that I think people can take um, to take to heart, you know, you know, kind of kill them with kindness, you know, having a strong support system, no, saying it's okay not to be okay, like establishing that because, you know, as athletes, we want to be strong, we want to be prideful, we want to be competitive, but sometimes, you know, you're going to be in a slump. Sometimes people aren't going to be, you know, there to help you out and you, you may feel alone, you may feel on your own. And as an athlete, you know, we're so used to winning and we're so used to praise but then when you have the people that are supposed to help you and elevate you are finding any way under the sun to break you down, it, it takes its toll. So uh, for you to open up and share that and, um, you know, really give us some insight because people can see the <clears throat> tweets, people can see the, the, the newsletters and the blogs, but they don't hear it from you. Uh, so for you to share that and open up and give that advice for someone that may be going through it and trying to hold it in, um, thinking they're strong um, and then hearing you say it, now they probably share it with somebody that's close to them that can help them get through it because and we as humans we're we're social beings we can't we can't handle it all alone so um i really appreciate you sharing that i know l he's a big advocate for stuff like this we work with kai um no it it really it's really going to help someone even as hard as it was to share and um on a lighter note you know you're free where are we going like i know what what's, what situation are you looking for from a new team yeah you're a hot commodity you know you got the skill set you got the brand profile you know <laughs> the league is growing you got you got options right um what, what's it looking like um on that standpoint 
I think your agent is a friend with friends of the family yeah, as well. Maggie. Um, <laughs> one of the best in the biz. <laughs> My girl, yeah, she's been uh, awesome. So what's it looking like? I, I know you're probably going to make your own announcement. Yeah, from what you can but, share, we don't want to mess up negotiations yeah. or anything like that. So. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I mean, the waiver list just came out like yesterday, literally. So it's more so just, you know, getting my name out there, hoping, you know, someone could just give me a shot, an opportunity, because I think for me personally, it's more so finding a team now to just, I'm looking to develop and be like the best player I can be at the end of the day. Like I'm not worried about coming in and starting or being like a star player because obviously like (laughs) the shit I just went through this past season, um, all I was asking for was just to develop and get better. Um, so, you know, just hopefully going to a better environment where they do emphasize, you know, a team culture. Cause I think that was the main disconnect from this past season with our former coach is that we were literally segregated between starters and non-starters and, and it was very like clear and apparent and kind of focused more so on them than like us or the people that hardly played or didn't play at all, you know? So I think being somewhere where it's truly like a whole team, which we got toward there by the end of the year with our inner rim, but you know, like you said, just hope I landed a spot and just keep doing my thing, working hard and, you know, just, well, we're, we're, we're confident. We're more than confident we're going to find a situation. <laughs> no, I appreciate y'all. At the, at the very least, like, let's get an opportunity. You know, let me get in the small side of the deal. <laughs> you know? That was at crazy. I don't think I've ever been a part of a team where at certain trainings, I'm just healthy watching some train. It was, it was wild. Um, but yeah, so y'all know just as much as I do, as far as where I would land at. <laughs> so nothing special. Uh, just waiting, staying positive, now going from there. Well, we're definitely excited to follow. I know Elle might have a question to ask yeah, so, in, in you know, relation mm-hmm. to what you just shared. So everything you've gone through, um, you know, just even from growing up, um, you know, growing up in Arizona, you know, being only, you know, black girl on your team, um, and then what you had to deal with in Louisville, and also playing overseas, you know, the mental battle over there, like what advice would you give to some younger players who, you know, maybe following in your footsteps or, you know, maybe, you know, beginning to reach those steps that you, you know, were previously in? Um, something I wish I probably would have done was to just stay true to yourself and be yourself. Cause like I said, obviously I tried to, you know, conform to, you know, as far as changing how I looked, how I acted, you had to be very careful about the things you would say and do, you know, um, but I would just say, you know, love yourself, know your worth. It sounds very cliche, but I think it's so important. Like understanding self-love is like the most important thing that's going to help you get far. Um, and, you know, just to stay strong because obviously you are going to encounter stuff at a young age and you're going to have to experience different things that, you know, your white teammates and friends will never and they can't understand it because it'll never, you know, happen to them. Um, and I would just say like continuing to speak up, don't keep anything in, share your experiences because like you said, I don't think I realized that keeping everything in 
wasn't okay because once you do finally speak up and like share your voice and your story, like there are other people that are going to come together with you that are going through the same exact thing. So. That's right. All right. So let's get into some (laughs) fun stuff now. Um, Yes. So the heaviness, let's get get into the fun stuff. So so the athlete brand is more important now than it ever was, especially, um, you know, starting in high school and college now with NIO. Um, so you mm-hmm. have this thing called Big Bun Energy. Um, <laughs> like your bun yeah. is, is definitely a brand in itself. Like you, you mm-hmm. know, the way you wear your hair on the field has become a brand in itself. Um, so how did that come about? And like, you know, what are your future plans for Big Bun Energy if you plan on developing that? Or uh, So it honestly just started off kind of like as a joke. Because uh, like I said, like when I step on the field, I make sure I'm you know, the enforcer, I come out like strong, aggressive, work hard. And a couple of the fans were like, Hey, I'm all for Jory. And it's gotta be something with the bun. And it kind of started off with the power in the bun. Cause a lot of fans are saying that. And someone happened to tweet like, no, nah, that's BBE. Like that's big bun energy. And I was like, Hey, you know, I like that. I fuck with that. BB. And so, right. We got to get a big lot of them. Yeah. Like send a 16 in with that. Right. And so then, um, you know, more people started like getting on that trend of like BBE. And so my former teammate, Yuki, she's like artistic, one of the most creative, like interesting people you'll ever meet. And she was just bored. And, recreated like a sticker out of my bun and she's like you know like your bun and everything your look is blowing up and so she made a sticker out of me with the big bun energy and it kind of just took off from there and people are like oh you should make shirts like I would rock one and I'm like hey if y'all want to rock my face like I love that let's get BBE going um so then you know Yuki kind of took the reins made the stickers made the t-shirts we kind of collaborated on like the color scheme and everything for racing fans and stuff. Um, and it was really cool. So I think I know that's like a pretty solid thing to build off of and continue going forward with my career. But now I'm like, y'all, I had the braids in for a minute and people are like, ah, oh, where's the bun? And I'm like, you're right. So now I'm like, damn, I can't do another hairstyle. I got to do a bun for the rest of my life. That's your brand now. <laughs> yeah. So it, edges, it, everything. Yeah, baby hair. So is with on BBE, that. like, have you got like any hair hair companies hit you up, like, so for potential deals or anything like that? Nah, not yet. But I'm like, eco styler gel. Like, y'all keep me right on okay. the on the field. Hey, hey Maggie, you know what hey, to Ma- do. Maggie, if you, you know listen to this, let's talk. Yeah. Actually, Maggie, let's 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 talk. Let me take that back. I did have one hair company reach out, and I kind of did a few okay. things for them, for like to keep my curls and stuff right after a workout. But aside from that, you know, might have to work on that. Yeah. That's a good segue. I know Maggie will tune in. (laughs) That's a good segue. So if you could collaborate with any brands off the pitch, you know, what would you choose? Like, like what are some of like your dream brands to kind of collaborate with? Oh, that's If you have the opportunity. Um, As nerdy as this sounds, I would probably say like Call of Duty or like Activision. I think being sponsored by anything video game related would be like a dream. Maggie, let's talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think most people, I know most people think I play video games, but I don't think they know to the extent 
So that would be lit. And, you know, of course, for sports-wise, like, you know, Nike, Adidas, Puma, whichever athletic brand is always cool. But um, shoe-related, go, you know, East Bay Flight Club. I don't know. Any type of sneaker. I know it's pretty, like, rare Mm -hmm. for a sole sneaker (laughs) sponsor. But, you know, I'm open to it all. Okay. But I think those would be some of my top ones. Might assign you to the uh, Two Cents Gaming team. We'll be in touch. Hey, That's what you're saying. Y'all got my info. <laughs> All right. Speaking no, of speaking, really cool. speaking of sneakers, though, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have an extensive collection. I heard. So I heard you on the Diaspora mm-hmm. United podcast. You said you have a a sneaker Instagram that I've yet to see. Do you still have that? that account i know that was during my boredom and quarantine i do still have it uh i guess i should bring it back but that was more so um like i had so many pair of old like i almost said g faces i'm not sure if people know that but air force ones um just building up in my closet so during quarantine i just started like painting them designing like how i would wear them all my old sneakers and then people were like where did you get those? And I'm like, Oh, I just did them myself. And I'm like, Oh, for real. And so then I had friends reach out and they would like send me sneakers to customize for them. And it kind of just, you know, kept me busy side money, you know, during quarantine when it was really rough at the time, like peak COVID. Um, so yeah, I do have the account still. So I might have to slide it y'all's way. The world needs to see that. That was so, that artistic side. Yeah. Okay, so kind of staying mm-hmm. on that. Um, what's the what's your favorite shoe in your collection? It could be it could be a mm-hmm. brand or style, or it can be like a particular shoe. That's way too hard. I think as of right now, I'm really on a dunk trend. Okay. Um, They're back in style. Right. Cause it just, they're so easy to style and I like more simple like looks mm-hmm. and you know, you can't go wrong with ones obviously, but I think like dunks are surpassing my love of ones right now. Maybe my lightning fours that I just recently mm-hmm. got. My daughter asked for those for Christmas. You tripping. Yeah. Cause you're like, light, light, so you're like yellow shoes. What am I going to wear with that? But then I got them in person. I'm like, Oh, these are kind of fire. Cause like, I'm pretty not boring with my style, but you know, like crazy colors and stuff. I was like, no, this might be my new favorite pair. I've only worn them once. and I'm kind of scared <laughs> to wear them again, but <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you speak in my language though, because I'm a recovering sneaker head slash relapsing sneaker head. So it's a lifestyle people don't understand. Definitely, definitely falling back into it. Oh, <clears throat> although my strategy is a little different now because um all the stuff I used to wear is so hyped and it's impossible to get. So, you know, I'm kinda kinda tailoring my style to more of like the classic stuff, like Air Max, um mm-hmm. Air Max nineties is probably my favorite. If I had to go to okay. Jordan, it'll be the threes. Um, but really like Air Max ones, Air Max nineties. And then I've been dabbling with some of like the newer stuff, you know, 20, um, 2090s, um, you know, Adidas on the Adidas side going like forums, 
I always say like the forum is like Adidas version of the Air Force One in terms of like using that silhouette for like collaborations and a bunch of other stuff. So right, been kind of. I was thinking about Adidas, but yeah, okay. I've been kind of rocking with those a little bit, you know, just kind of like OG style with it instead of. No, I like that because yeah, at like, this point for me, it's like I rely solely on sneakers, and if I'm not copying a dub off that app, I'm like forget <laughs> it because now these days I'm like I do not have for 500 plus to be spending on a $90 shoe. I'm not doing it. Miss me with that. Right. You and, know. and I'm from mm-hmm. the, I'm from the days I used to work at Foot Locker <clears throat> Foot Action, you know, back in the day. So mm-hmm. it's already mm-hmm. hard for me to pay retail for a shoe, but paying mm-hmm. over retail is not happening. So I try to I find the stuff crazy. that I like that's not hyped. <laughs> so I try to, that's kind of like my angle. Like, all right, okay. is, is this not hype? I actually like this. I'm not getting it because everybody else likes it or everybody else said it was a hyped release. Like I'm getting this. I actually like the shoe. It's the style the silhouette that I like, you know, I like the colors. So I try to try to use that methodology moving forward. So do you like, I don't even know what they're called. Cause I'm not really like big on the Adidas part, but those slides with the like, Oh, like, holds on the side. You know, oh, I don't. I don't wear they're any like, Yeezys. I don't wear. They, I don't know what specific Yeezy I, it I is, but I'm like, Yeezys, these but... need to be canceled. That's my unpopular opinion, but I think those are ugly as hell, yeah. and you will never catch my foot in a pair of those. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't wear Yeezys at all. I just, it's, it doesn't appeal to me. Like the the silhouette doesn't appeal. The silhouettes that he has don't appeal to me. So, not really yeah. my thing. Some of them you're like, oh, maybe I could, but that one pair, I'm like. Ugh. I do want those uh, Salehi Benberry Crocs, though. <laughs> Some Crocs. See, yeah, I also can The Salehi Benberry ones, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I don't know still, but, you know. <laughs> I just got on the That's Croc way. Like, I just went around the house. See, I cannot uh, hop okay on that way. Did you say it, <laughs> So you don't got to lie to kick it. If you were on my side, it's cool. I do wear my side. I want to drop, drop the kids Your off. Crocs? I mean, to running errands and stuff like that. I don't. Uh, What's the stuff when they say like you put them in motorsport or you put them in relax mode? Relax mode. Stop. <laughs> relax mode. All right. Here, here's the thing about me. I don't get dressed unless Sport I have mode. to. Like it's cold. It's cozy season. Cozy boy season. As much as possible. Uh, I work from exactly. home. Like I don't. If I don't have to go outside, I'm not going outside. I'm not wasting the fit to go. You know, drop my kid off at the the daycare. You know, so. It's sweats, Crocs, two cents gear. You know what I'm saying? I'm cozy with it. Yeah. Still feel like you could slide on a different shoe, but what do I know? Man, hey, when you when you become a parent, you, you understand like the convenience <laughs> of it, just sliding on and running out the door. So I've tried. We actually like Zappos is one of our like sponsors for racing, and they got us all like a like a lavender pair of Crocs, and everyone's like. Yeah, Crocs. I'm so excited and adding the what are they? Gibbets. 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 Whatever the hell. Yeah. And I was like, woo. (laughs) 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 But people love them. They really do. So, what what would you say is your favorite all time sneaker? Like your favorite? If, If you could only wear one for the rest of your life, what would it be? that's tough I think as of right now 
probably just the black and white colorway low dunk. Okay. It's just such a staple to have. And, you know, it can't go wrong. It goes with every fit possible. Cause you know, if I just chose one shoe that has some wild ass colors or colorway or whatever, you know, you can only do select fits with that. Yeah. So I think the low black and white dunk, you really can't go wrong. Okay. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. All right. Simple. So on top of sneakers, we you mentioned earlier that you're also a big gamer. Um, so what games are you playing at the moment? I know you mentioned Call of Duty was like your thing, but are you playing any That's other? It. Just straight Call of Duty? Oh, <laughs> well, okay. So the new one just came out like November 5th, Dang, fourth Dang or 5th. Right. Yep. That's the one. And so, you know, I've been playing that every day. Got to build that KD up, gold out all my guns. So that's like, I, that's the only thing I put my time into right now. But like prior to that, Mortal Kombat, huge nerd about Mortal Kombat. Okay. Um, GTA. Oh, so you go play play. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. There's this really cool. Yeah. Well, it depends on the system. So this other game called Ghost of Tsushima, Mm -hmm. if I'm saying that correctly, it's only for PlayStation. And I think I binged that whole game in like two, three days because the story mode was like unreal. It was like a samurai game. So, you know, I can get real deep. Like, I get, I'm getting excited. Like, that was probably one of my favorite games. Are you story mode you're, or are you're you not a, online You're not only? as excited as L right now. You said what? Did you say MOB? I said you're not as excited as L right now. He's thinking about like his head. Keeping two it gaming. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, like, to it for a second. So are you, are you story mode yeah. or are you online only? Like, what's your, what's your vibe? Um, for Call of Duty, all I play is hardcore multiplayer, okay. but everything else, like story mode, okay. just try to beat it. Like the second I buy a game, I'm like, okay, I'm going to beat it. Like the day I purchase it is <laughs> kind of my mindset when I play. Uh, yeah. Call of Duty, I won't play campaign at all. I know that's kind of people love it, but mm-hmm. I can't. I just want to go online straight from the jump and start, you know, squad up, taking heads. So do, you like play on, do you play on like Twitch and stuff or like you play on like and stream your stuff? I need to get on it. People keep asking me to make a Twitch. Maggie. <laughs> Two coming after this, after this interview, Elle is going to email you. Don't trip. Jorian has mm-hmm. a fire brand and a lot of pillars that can really take the world by storm. I'm excited to see what you got going on in the future with this gaming concept that you're talking about. I know. I need to get on the Twitch game for real. I think it's time, yeah, but no so that might be in the future, you know, and then yeah, oh, no. Mortal Kombat, I'll play both like the story and online, but I will say like nerdy moment that I dressed up as a Mortal Kombat character for Halloween, like, I want to say three years ago, two years ago. Okay, which character? Do you know Mortal Kombat? I know a little bit. Like, <laughs> could you take a guess? He's obviously like a main oh, it, it character. Oh, so it was a guy, a guy character. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Raiden? Nah. Uh, Johnny like, Blaze. Oh, you don't know Mortal Kombat. He, um... Why don't you put this in the two truths and a cat? 
I know. I just see I think about it. It all comes later. <laughs> I wouldn't even have thought to say that. It was Scorpion. Okay, Scorpion. But... He's my favorite all time. Badass. And so, yeah, that was my Halloween costume. All right. I actually came out really dope, by the way. I took a men's costume and, like, you know, those, like, onesie, like, costumes. Mm-hmm. I, like, cut it up and re-basically made my own costume. That's dope. That's dope. Okay. That's dope. Mm-hmm. So going to wear it at Comic-Con. All right. So PlayStation or Xbox or PC? PlayStation. I love my PS5. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went for a uh, Series X. <laughs> I did have a 360 and <laughs> I did have a 360 at one point in time and that's when I made the switch to PS4 and haven't looked back yeah I'm actually the opposite so I've been PlayStation all the way up to like PS3 mm-hmm. and then I didn't have a console for a couple of years and then I got an Xbox One and then just Okay. There, but yeah, that's what I've kind of yeah. But I'm, I'm gonna get a I PS5 the PlayStation, PS2. Okay, had the GameCube, the Wii. I think I've had every console, handheld, PSP, you name it. I <laughs> I have it, and I do have a Switch, so I'll play that as well. All right, but like, all right. I had one. I had a question about if there's one game you could play the rest of your life, what would it be? I, and I have a guess. I'm guessing it's Call of Duty. So. Yeah, I would say so. Or like old school, like Super Mario or like Mario Kart, something like that. Okay, that's classic. Can't go wrong. Now, 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 now I'm involved because y'all said Mario Kart. <laughs> All this other stuff y'all was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the old Nintendo where you popped a little yeah, game yeah, in, yeah. had that. But that's what I play on my Switch. Pokemon, Mario Kart. Okay. Super Smash. I was waiting. I was like, can y'all say Mario Kart? Can y'all say Pac-Man? Can y'all say Snake something? I like Pac-Man. Oh, no key. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, oh, that was cool. It's good to get to know like what you're about, some of the things that you're doing off the field. Um, we definitely, I know L. sorry, he's going to text me right after this, like, Jordan, she her brand and it's amazing that you have like passions off the field um because that's what is really important as athletes um so yeah we'll definitely be in contact and if any people are listening uh make sure you guys hit Jordan. she got a lot of cool things that she's working on and things that she's passionate about appreciate y'all for having me a couple of these that was fun. Fire, so. yeah yeah oh. i thought you was gonna hit a uh, I was trying to let you talk, you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of. Okay, trying to no, no, no. Out. Okay. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, here we go. A little All rapid right. fire, real quick. Uh, on game days, what's your pre match playlist? I feel like it has to match the BBB energy. Oh, sorry, BBE energy. Yeah. Uh, but see, what's crazy is I actually listen to like super chill music before games or like some old school R&B, whatever. But then when people get on the ox in the locker room, then like, you know, We'll get lit to some hip hop or whatever. Okay. And yeah. Checks or stripes? Checks. Okay. And then who is on your five aside team? Say say you're allowed to play small sided now. Who's going who's gonna be part of your five aside team? Oh, that's tough. Like anyone. Anyone. All right. I gotta go with. I'd probably say 
midge purse. Um, gotta think of. Oh man, you really throw me on the spot. I would say my team in racing, Sav McCaskill, she's competitive as hell. So I know we're about to win no matter what with her. I love the energy. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, let's throw some others. I would say press. Okay. One more. Let's go with. Oh, see, I'm not. Hey, your I would team, say, you know? yeah, I would say Crystal, you know, full powerhouse female squad. Like Crystal Dunn, you know, she could do, she could do any position actually. So I'm like, girl, do your thing. Right. And you obviously, yeah, right? I would say that's solid. Yeah. Yeah. I counted myself as a right, fifth. Sure. But, you know. mm-hmm. I like that squad. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're introducing a new concept, same concept, new name. New concept, same name. I don't know how you want to go about it, L, but trending topics now, yes, right? Yes, sir. So, so you want to explain So it? formerly, no car, yellow car, red car. Um, I just figured it's less of a mouthful to say. So we're going to call it <clears> trending <throat> topics moving forward. Um, same premise. Um, I'm going to read off news headlines that can possibly have been trending on Twitter. Maybe not. Um, and Amobi and our guests are going to give their opinions on those headlines using the soccer card system. So, you know, no card is I agree with it or I'm cool with it. You know, it doesn't bother me. Yellow card, I can go either way. You know, I'm indifferent. And red card is, you know, I disagree or I'm not cool with that or, you know, foul, obviously. Um, And then give a, you know, a nice quick explanation of why you gave it that card. All right. Got it. Sounds good. All right. Let's get it. First up, we got Pat McAfee of the McAfee show, the Pat McAfee show lands a monumental sponsorship deal with FanDuel reportedly worth 30 million per year for four years. So like 120 million. Ooh. So what card are we giving this deal for? I think it's a podcast. It might be a TV show. I don't know. I don't know if it's on TV or if it's just on YouTube, but he got the bag. What card okay. are we giving this deal? Facts with the bag. Like I'm okay with that. <laughs> no card. <laughs> The only reason why I would give it a car is like, yo, you ha- can you spread some wealth to us? I mean, we got right. some shows that you we need got. A, a partner <laughs> or something. <laughs> nah, but shout out, shout out to Pat McAfee. He's an That's athlete. crazy. Former oh, athlete. They're my two building. dogs. Sorry. Right, no, you good. Uh, they like the deal, athlete too. Athlete that's transitioned. Yeah, they like the, Exactly. Right. right. Athlete that's tr- transitioned tremendously well, you know, media content, you know, getting in front of um, an audience and he did play soccer. So, you know, we, we rock with him and anyone we're not, That's we're not, wild. we're not counting pockets. So for him <laughs> to get the bag, it's, it's, it's good. You know, there's, there's space for all of us to win. So shout out to Pat and we can follow in his footsteps and hopefully, you know, do some things on our own. Yeah, for sure. All Fox. right. Next up, Chelsea player, Sam Kerr checks a pitch invader body and, and gets yellow carded so two two prong what would you do okay. in this situation if you were in the same situation as sam and then what car are you giving the overall situation like her getting carded and all that stuff 
Um, well, I'm no car because I'm all for this. You know, Sam is the goat for that. I would follow in her footsteps. She didn't even think about it twice. She just did a mm, walked away like. You see how she like lined her up? Like, oh she yeah, she was up? thinking she about was that the whole time. <laughs> I loved it. I say shout out Sam. I, I'm why she got a yellow card for that. That's where I'm gonna say give that ref a red card because that was unnecessary. But you know, I loved it. I, that's all I see on my Twitter feed right now, and I'm all here for it. Bet. So you know, Sam, do your thing, girl. What you say, Mo? Yeah, I love that. I, I, like, what I was like, he thinking? Yeah, he was. He was getting he was lollygagging too. He was out there. Yeah, taking selfies. You're right, out of pocket. You know, phone. Yeah, no, you're getting the, checked. The fact that she lined up the angle for it, I'm like, all right, I see, I see you. Respect. Right, and she really laid his ass yeah. out, like, like for real. Yeah, no idea was coming. Like, shoulder had the force. Oh yeah, uh, no car for me. Uh, the only thing no. is that you know, just be careful. You know, people are looking for any opportunity to sue somebody. So he might say his neck hurts or his shoulder hurts or, you know, everything hurts. And now Sam is in a situation when it was his fault. Uh, but that's just the, the, how can I say the protective nature of me, but no card, red card for the whole situation. Like why you guys letting people on the field? How come you log, log yeah. dragging on the field? That's a danger. Uh, that's a danger to the players. Um, yeah, and then you give her a car for that, like <laughs> wild, right? But yeah. yeah, that does happen all the time. Like in the past, even during like national team games, like fans running out, and it's like, what? What are y'all yeah. doing for real? Exactly, because yeah. one of these days it could be a crazy fan, and you'd be like, oh. seriously. So <laughs> yeah, got to get that regulated. All right. Um, next up, so MLS next pro launches. What card are we giving this in terms mm-hmm. of U.S. soccer's development, and what would you like to see, and would you like to see this type of thing for the women's game? So let me rephrase that a little bit. So MLS Next Pro just launched. It's the third division reserve league for MLS teams. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Currently, there's no equivalent <laughs> for the NWSL. Um, let's see. And real quick, USL, it, they, yeah, they have, just started they the, the W League. So I got to give love yeah. to them. Um, right, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. It's not to, within the NWSL. I'm trying, I'm trying to phrase mm-hmm. it because I didn't write this one. Moby wrote this one. I also wrote the Chelsea one, though, too. So, or Sam Kerr. Um, so. <laughs> all right. Um, so, what card are we giving? All right, let's phrase it like this. What card are we giving the MLS? for creating another third division league when you have um, USL League One and NISA currently in the third division. So mm-hmm. what card are we giving um, MLS for this? I might have to do a yellow for that. I'm kind of like, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it yet because obviously it is another, you know, league for male players to be seen and eventually like work their way up the ladder. But it's also like I'm not I guess I'm too busy comparing to us. It's like look at us, like we don't have as nearly many leagues to try and like showcase ourselves, our talent, because it's almost like if you're not in the NWSL, like you don't have a choice but to go overseas. Um so I mean it's cool, but then again I'm like, y'all have all these other leagues as well that I feel like it's almost 
it might be too much. And as far as like funding and salary, I don't know. I definitely, I'm hopeful for it though. Cause you know, I always want to be optimistic for players to get their opportunity, you know, to prove themselves and play. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, I know. Yeah, so I would say, um, I'd say no card. I think, you know, as you see more infrastructure and more resources coming into MLS, they have to create a division that suits um, their needs and it's going to, it's going to help it's going to help the development more teams more opportunities for players to get seen um in terms of you know nwsl getting to that level um definitely would love to see that um there's still a long ways to go so i would say yellow card but hopefully them and the w league can work together um so they can have like a feeder system there's only so many teams in the in the in the states and soccer at the youth level for women is probably the highest populated sport but if they don't have a funnel to go pro uh, then people will fall by the wayside yeah for sure for sure all right and last one racing louisville put a picture of ebony salmon on your farewell graphic (laughs) so what card are we giving them for this mishap man i suspension (laughs) red double red I don't know what other color to give out, but I said, Lord, they were trying me like, hey, I was already down and y'all just wouldn't kick me anymore. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah, honestly, when I saw that, <laughs> I I thought there, I was like, there cannot be anything worse that could happen. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, y'all have one job. I just, I don't get it. You know, it has to go through however many people in media and you have to sign off and approve it. And you're like, yep, this is Jorian's action shot. The one with the blonde bun, shorter height, lower socks, different number, different eye color. But you know that that girl right there, that's Jorian. (laughs) And... I kind of figured this was potentially going to come up and I kind of did my piece on social, just trying to keep it, you know, as professional and respectable as possible. But at the end of the day, it's like, that's so racially insensitive. And it's like you, (laughs) again, very few black players on the team as is. And you're going to get me confused with the other light skin, just because y'all think we look alike when we're not even close to looking identical. It's, it's crazy and i think what's kind of shitty i mean i did receive a call this morning the fact that it took 24 hours for me to even get a response period from the team was kind of um disappointing nor do i think if i wouldn't have made a public tweet i don't think anything would have been said to me because you know like one thing about media, once you put it out there, there's probably hundreds of people already saw it, screenshots, all that. So I think the fact of them, you know, trying to remove comments of people calling them out and they try to hurry up and switch the graphic right away to like an actual action shot of me um, 
and almost like thinking that no one saw it and they're kind of dismissing what they did is kind of what triggered me to finally come out about it because at first i'm like damn they fucked up maybe they'll reach out and just say like you know like that's on us we apologize you know like squash it right away so once i saw that they tried hiding it and um people are coming out about it and I still was, you know, waiting and they're just posting everything else. And I'm like, okay, so <laughs> at this point it's kind of disrespectful. So I'm going to say something and just getting back. Um, we're sorry at the coding and our media folders, they determine like what action shots go into what players folder and this and that. I'm like, all that sounds good. You can blame it on the coding. Yeah the media folders got mixed up, but at the end of the day, you got two black players mixed up <laughs> and that's just own up to it. It is what it is. Come out about it being racially insensitive, like moving forward and like you understand how <laughs> honestly fucked up it was, but it was more so like, I mean, they replied in apology and it was like, we need to look after our approval processing better moving forward and it's like, yeah. You know, uh, you can only like exhaust yourself so much. So I, I was like, something's better than nothing. Do I agree with that statement? Not at all because they're missing the whole point. But at the end of the day, I think nothing would have been said if I wouldn't have made that tweet. And I mean, it was just kind of disappointing. It's like, those are final regards. And like, you couldn't even make sure that it was my face that you're posting. <laughs> so what a way to yeah, put a cap yeah, on oh, it. Definitely. Started ranting, red card, <laughs> no, no. red for each hand. <laughs> uh, you give a red card, when you give a red card, you got to give the explanation. So appreciate you sharing yeah. that. And um, mm -hmm. obviously we did our research and then we saw that yesterday and we were just like, okay, what? I mean, uh, yeah. I feel like sometimes yeah. you get, read the room. You guys are already have a situation <laughs> from the, from the whole year. Don't mm -hmm. be lazy. Don't be racially insensitive. Like, I can make, I feel like we can make a lot of money just by having like a consultancy. Like, all right, before you tweet, <laughs> before you post, have just just send it to us first, and send we'll it to say a black person first. <laughs> See, does it make because, sense? Because like, like you said, you know, you're leaving the team farewell. It's like, yo, show that you care, and obviously, not to downplay uh, how hard it is to handle social media and. Uh, media as a whole but there's certain things that you just don't mistake that's not right. that's not an honest mistake and then to double down on it and try to flood the comments and delete posts and you know half-hearted apology that yeah. just the truth will come to light come, yeah come and it was yeah. yeah that's what it was you know I don't it sucks to say like it happens and unfortunately it does like so many people like oh all black people look alike like why is this still happening and then at the end of the day it's like you literally have one job and to do your job correctly and that's like a mistake that I just feel like you're looking at it and like people had yeah. to physically like see and improve that which just I think blows my mind the most or then like once they did post their statement about the situation five minutes later they announced the head coach to kind of like <laughs> you know take away from that yeah. <laughs> and, you know i just have to say it is what it is but the president and gm did make a phone call to me this morning and i do like appreciate and respect the effort but it was just more so like 
we got to stop saying it was an approval processing issue and like moving forward, you'll be more aware of that. Like just acknowledge that it was racially insensitive and like, it's going to be uncomfortable, but like you, you know, we're, we've been uncomfortable our whole lives. So I think you can handle this one situation. Well, you know, one thing I can't wait for is whenever Jorian returns to Lynn family stadium to play against racing Louisville, that is one game I will put on my calendar. I might live stream it. I might vlog it. I don't know what I'm going to be there. <laughs> so, uh, Jorian, Ooh, we, are funny. Yeah. we just want to thank you for taking the time. We know you got a busy schedule. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty is Call you know, Duty. calling. calling. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. That's why you know, got my controller, my headsets right next to me. It doesn't leave my sight. Yeah, but to end, hey, yeah, you know, to end the show on a light note, can you just leave us with something that you want people to know about you. Um, you know, as, as you continue to embark on your career? I would say that I am probably one of the most like open people you'll ever meet. And if you ever, cause I've, I've gone through a lot and, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that whether they know they can go to someone or not, whether it's family, a friend, a stranger, I'm always open to listening to everyone's story. Um, I think I do have a good and big heart. I'm not trying to, you know, it's, I don't like talking about myself. So this is kind of a weird question. Um, Yeah. I just want people to know that at the end of the day, if we're friends family, whatever, something I pride on is like, I'm always going to have your back. I'm always, no matter what the situation is, whether we go days, years to talking, like I'm always going to be there for whoever needs it. And I think that's something I take pride in is just, you know, loyalty and staying true to myself no matter what. No, that, that's I'm kind of just, you know, wrong with that. that's important. And thank you for sharing. So, you know, for the folks that want to connect with you, want to follow your career as you continue to, uh, you know, blossom in your career and off field endeavors, uh, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they tap in? IG, you know, it's Jorian Bacham, Twitter, Jorian Nicole, super basic gamer tag, Jorian Nicole. If anyone wants to become gamer friends, <laughs> um, just any way you could find my contact information. Like I would just tell people to reach out. No, most definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're definitely gonna have all that information in the show notes. Are you selling any of the stickers, any merch for big bun energy? Yes, I can send you all the link. It's actually through Yuki's website. She has a lot of cool stuff now and a lot of stickers of the rest of the team now, but definitely can drop that for y'all. Stickers, t-shirts, all that good stuff. Yeah, so we're going to have that in the show notes as well. And shout out to Yuki too, because she's helping you you with your Mm -hmm. your, your off-field platform, you know, building your brand and her teammates and, you know, starting to, you know, an initiative off the field. So, you know, we always love and support that type of stuff. Um, yeah, she's awesome. 
But with that being said, you know, Jordan, once again, thank you so much. Uh, we're so excited for you moving forward. Uh, hopefully um, you enjoy your off season, but you know, we know you got some big things in the works coming soon. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's our show for this week. Subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on all the socials at Two Cents FC. Check out our merch at Two Cents Sports.shop. It's cozy season. L came out with a new line. He's rocking one of the shirts. Make no, sure you get your gear. Shirt, but, you know. Okay. It's all good. I'm going to need to cop something. Okay. And if you enjoy the show, consider dropping us a donation using the link in the description. It helps support the show. Uh, sorry. It helps support the costs associated with the show. It allows us to get wonderful guests like Jorian on. It allows us to get bigger and better. Uh, we just got a new software for the podcast. Elle's doing a number of things behind the scenes that I don't even know about uh, because of your guys' donations. So much love on that. And it's giving season. You know, Christmas is coming up. I might need a couple things. Elle might need a couple things. So this helps. Um, <laughs> and then tweet us your comments on the show. Any topics you want me or Elle to discuss, it's unfiltered. We're not Switzerland. We're not going to give you the halfway answer. You heard Jorian talk today. Uh, we, we very much value um, her being open and honest and, you know, vulnerable. Um, you know, that's 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 what we try to promote. So um, with that being said, you know, happy holidays. Uh, thanks again, Jorian. Uh, Maggie, we will be reaching out. For sure. Just wanted to For remind sure. you. Maggie, uh, yes. Two cents gaming, Jorian, we will be reaching out. <laughs> um, hey, Y'all know where to find me. Anyone else that's in the gaming and um, some of the spaces that I definitely feel like Jorian will definitely be making some inroads in the near future, I will be reaching out. Um, but I'm talking too much. L, close us out. Until okay, next week, y'all. Peace out. <laughs>